Hi there, my name is Pamela and I breed British Shorthair Cats in Perth, Western Australia. I've been breeding and exhibiting my cats since 2004 and I'm even a cat show judge. I'm passionate about the cat fancy and I want to share my knowledge and experiences with you so that you can enjoy your hobby as much as I do. That's what the Cat Breeding for Beginners podcast is all about. In this series, I'm taking a moment to answer some of the most regular cat breeding questions I get asked every day. Hopefully the answers will help you too. I'm also covering some topics that are important to new cat breeders so that you can start out on the right foot. Some of the episodes are scripted and some of them are off the cuff. The audio is both good and bad. But the main thing is the information and I'm sharing it in whatever way I can with you in mind. If you've been breeding cats and kittens for a little while, over time you will start to get information about other breeders and you'll get it in a really unique way. The way it's going to come to you is from the people that come to adopt kittens from you or the people that inquire about kittens from you. One of the things that happens is that people that have had a bad experience with another breeder or a good experience with another breeder, if they've had a cat before from a breeder they will tell you about it it's part of their story so they want to tell it to you and that's how we find out a lot of stuff people who are keeping secrets thinking that they're you know keeping their breeding stuff secret you're not because your people that have had kittens and cats from you are telling everybody basically and it's just something that occurs and it's happened over the years it's happened a lot you know people will come to get a kitten from me and say you know I've had one before from this breeder Um, they did this or or we went out to their house and it looked like that or they had a lot of cats and they kept them like this Um, or we got one from them and we had this problem and that problem and this problem and that problem and they didn't help us. And that's the one that makes me really sad. I mean, I'm not happy to hear that people are not keeping their cats well. Um, And often it's a story about, you know, we got a cat from this breeder and it wasn't very friendly or it wasn't this or it it, it wasn't well... um, litter trained or or it had problems with this or it had an infection or it was sick or whatever or they'll comment on the state of the person's um, setup Um, and then also don't get me wrong there's also very positive oh we got a cat from this place and they were really good and they did that for us and this for us but they don't have one at the moment and they said to come to you so you get really positive stories too don't get me wrong but um, the thing about it is that they will tell you the negative and then you know it. And of course, breeders talk to each other. So I hear stories of this from other people too, where they'll say, I had people come to get a kitten from me and they told me this, that and the other about this person. So it does get around. If anybody thinks they're keeping secrets, you're not. People are telling. Um, so I'm more open about everything. I don't believe in secrets in breeding. You know, you guys know that. I've shared some of them with you. And one of the things that happened recently was that a friend of mine told me that they had someone that came to get a kitten from them and is getting a kitten from them. And they told them that they had a bad experience with their previous kitten. And the bad experience was that the kitten, um, I think it was about a year old, and it developed HCM, which is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which is basically a bad heart and it will lead to heart failure. And um, they... It is a thing in this breed. I breed British Shorthairs. It is actually a thing in our breed. And we can't pin it down because our cats are not showing up on scans. They're not showing up um, their problems when they're young. They tend to show up later in life after they've already had a breeding career. 
Um, and also there's no DNA test for us. So we can't just, you know, grab that information and take those cats out of our breeding program. So we're kind of, it's very elusive and very hard to pin down in our breed. So it does happen and it has happened to me. So it's not the, the shame is not having the HCM. That, ha that happens to the best of us and that's not shameful and that's not the bad thing. But this person had a kitten and it developed HCM at about a year old. But what happened then is the bad thing. Um, they said that the breeder that they got it from was just completely unsupportive, completely unsupportive, and that the experience with them was so bad that when the kitten finally did pass away, and, and it was one of those ones where sometimes they can last a long time. I had a cat that, that lasted till 12, um, but this one was a, a very severe case and only lasted till it was a year old, which was really sad. But the breeder in that case gave them no support at all, and then offered them, finally after the kitten had passed away, offered them a replacement kitten, but they were so upset with how they were, that the person behaved that they decided to not get one from them and go to another breeder. So that's just how, you know, it would have to be pretty bad for that to happen. And they're now getting one from my friend and they're very happy. Um, everything's going great. And um, yeah, they fully are having a good experience this time. And here's the thing, that I know my friend will be like this because I like to associate with like-minded people. But when this happens, this is where it's, it's a big deal for me because when I have a cat that goes to a new owner, when they take their kitten home, that's not the end of it. That's not, it's not close the door, bye-bye, I've finished with, with that kitten, let's move on to the next one. The relationship I have with that cat lasts for that cat's life. And that means the relationship I have with its owner lasts for that cat, for that cat's life. And in a similar situation um, that happened to me, I mean, the cat was four years old, so there was a difference in age, but the owners came to me and they said, we're really, you know, from the day that they got that cat, they had been sending me stuff. They, ha I had been replying to them. We did have a positive relationship. They'd asked me how to feed him when he got to a certain age. They asked me about this was happening. He'd been throwing up a little bit. Um, it was hairball season. You know, I get that question a lot. Um, all of this stuff, they'd contacted me and we had a relationship. And then when they contacted me out of the blue and said, well, it wasn't out of the blue because we had a relationship, but they contacted me and said, We've just real. We've just had the cat diagnosed with the heart problem. Um, I was there for them. I supported them through the tests. I supported them through the diagnosis. I supported them through the whole thing. Um, I got regular updates on how he was doing. Um, we knew that he would probably not have a lot of time. He was already needing to be medicated, so it was just a waiting game to see what would happen. But they gave him lots of love and care while he was sick. And then um, eventually it got too bad and he had to be euthanized, which was very sad. So the first person they told was me. And, you know, I was devastated. I was sharing tears with them. It was really, really upsetting. But, that, you know, I was there for them. Now, um, the first thing I said to them, though, was that I'm really sorry. This is not the right time for you to hear this, but I, I need to tell you it's the right time for me to tell you. But when you are ready... Um, and I don't mind when that is. When you are ready, I will have another kitten for you um, just for the cost of its vet work. So desexing, vaccination, that kind of thing. So, you know, and we don't have to talk about it, but I'm just telling you because I need you to know. And we didn't talk about it. Um, they just said, thank you. I didn't want to upset them. I didn't want to be suggesting that that kitten, that the cat that they had was not, you know, he's, he's, he's gone, so now you can get another one. I wanted to be really respectful of the fact that he was very important to them. And about 
a year later, they came to me and they said, we're ready now. Is it still okay if we get that kit? And I was like, of course it is. I said that when you were ready and if you're ready, that's, that's wonderful. So let's choose one for you. And they did and they still have him. And then they came back a little bit later and they adopted an adult from me as well. So these people were happy. They were really happy with the relationship that they had with me as the breeder of their cats because they came back for another one. They didn't just get the replacement one. They got another one as well. And throughout this whole time, they never asked me for any money. It was never about money. I think people get scared when people come to them and say, my cat has a problem because they think, oh, God, they're going to sue me. I'm going to lose my house. It's never like that in... in I've been breeding a long time and I've bred a lot of kittens and I've had a lot of owners out there. And no one in that whole time, not one single person has come to me and said they want money from me for something that's happened with the cat. Not one, never. And I've had people have, you know, orthopedic surgery. We've lost, we've lost a cup. We've lost one recently to FIP. Um, I've had cats that have had some pretty dramatic things happen and no one has ever asked me for money. Never. They've asked me for support and that's always been there for them, but no one's hit me up for cash. And I find that really interesting because people assume that when people have a problem and contact them, that they're going to be angry and they're going to demand things from them. And no one ever does. They just want to be heard. They just want someone to understand and they want to talk to someone. And that's my personal experience. So with these people, that's what it was. It was about talking them through the 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 treatment, talking to them and supporting them and saying, you know, offering them advice and telling them that I'm that I understood how they felt and giving them examples of, you know, when we had to deal with that with our cat who we had till 12, this happened, um, you know, all of these things. It, it was what they what they wanted. They didn't want money from me. They didn't want a cent and it would have cost them a fortune to have this cat tested and, and dealt with. And it never even came up. So don't be afraid to be there for your owners because they're not going to hit you up for that. If you're a good person and you have a good relationship with them, they're not going to hit you up for cash. If you're the kind of person that's, right, the kitten's sold, I want to have nothing more to do with you, then when there's a problem, maybe it'll be a different story. But if you're the kind of person that says that you want to know about them, send me updates, how's the kitten doing kind of person, then that's going to be a different story. And I'll give you another example of how I feel that this relationship extends for the cat's life. I have a cat that I bred um, 12 years ago and he is currently being treated for FIP, which is crazy because um, when his owner did tell me about it, I, I, I didn't really want to believe the diagnosis because it's so rare to have a cat that age develop into wet FIP that I was worried that everybody was, was going to treat him, was pushing the treatment towards FIP and if it was something else that they might miss some underlying thing that would be a problem that would need to be treated. But it actually came out after all the tests were done. He just had FIP, which is crazy in a cat that age. Anyway, the thing about this cat is that I've supported the owner through some medical issues with this cat in the past and I've always been there for him and um, uh, he has three cats from me and he will often message me and ask me questions about the cats or he'll send me photos of them and I'm always there to reply to him and say, you know, you, should, you could try this, you could try that or, oh my God, they're looking good, oh, you kept them so well, those type of answers. Um, and I'm always just there for him and the cats. So when this happened, of course, the first person he contacted was me. And we spent, you know, he's 
I spoke to him on the phone three times that day. Um, he's been messaging me information. I've been telling him how to um, get the cat to eat. So I'm, I might not be able to help with the actual vet type stuff, but I can help with the stuff about owning a cat, that the cat's not eating. What can I do to tempt him to eat? Um, the cat's doing this or doing that, you know. I can help with those kinds of things and I absolutely do help with those kinds of things. So when there's a question like that, I'm there to answer it. But I'm also just there to be supportive and say you're doing the right thing or you're not. We had a big talk about this cat and whether or not it would be worth putting him through the treatment. How invasive was it going to be? He's 12 years old. Do you want him to go through all of that? We had a very deep conversation about it and I think that you're not going to have that conversation with other people. You're going to have, you need a cat person to have that conversation with. And um, so, you know, being there for them 12 years later to have discussions about end of life and stuff is a huge deal. And that's the kind of breeder that I think that we should be. We should be the person that's there for them. Again, he's not asked me the whole time that he's had this cat, this particular cat, I call him a lemon. We call him a lemon. He's like the cat that came off the um, production line on a Friday afternoon when everybody wants to go home and have beers and stuff and they're rushing through to get the job done so that they can leave he's like that cat he's got he's had some really odd things happen with him um, and this whole time his owners had really good insurance and he's never asked me for anything for this cat except for support nothing except for support and it's always been given so I guess that's the thing you know as two lessons to learn today the first one is that how you behave with the people that get cats and kittens from you is not going to be secret. Those people will have, um, will go to other people and tell them about it. They will tell other breeders about it because it's natural for them to tell their cat stories to the person that they're about to get a cat from. So if you think you're keeping your things secret by, by you know, doing that, it's not secret. We all know what's going on. And if you were the kind of person that was... Um, dealing with your pet owners properly, then those things that they would be telling other pet other breeders would be positive things. That's what you want to be. You want to be the kind of breeder where someone goes to someone and says, the only reason I'm not getting a cat from them is because they don't have one. But they said to come to you and we were really happy with the one that we have from them. Can we get one from you? That's the only time I think anyone, I like to think that people that get kittens and cats from me don't really go somewhere else unless I don't have anything. So you can't keep things secret because because people will tell us. They do tell us. And um, the other thing is that when you you get to choose what kind of breeder you're going to be, you get to choose how you're going to be in terms of your kittens. And I hope, and I really hope that you will choose to be the kind of breeder that when the kitten leaves your house, that's not the end of the story. That you will be in there for that owner for the rest of that kitten's life. That you will provide them with support if they need support. You will go through the good times and the bad times with them. And you will be the person that they can, the one person they can turn to when it comes to dealing with what's going to happen with this cat. You want to be that one person. It's emotional. It's at times it's really upsetting, um, but it's really rewarding. And that's the thing. Breeding cats is not all happy, happy kitten, kitten. It's a rewarding hobby, and that's one of the things that I find extremely rewarding. Um, Fourteen years old, no, twelve years old. This cat is, and and I'm still there for him. And I got a photo of him licking some food off a plate. 
and I was overjoyed because he he wasn't eating. He was going through this massive amount of treatment and he wasn't eating. And, and seeing this 12-year-old cat that's got shave bits on him from all the tests, licking some food off a plate that his owner sent me that video, that was amazing. That's the kind of reason why I breed cats. And I want that to be your reason too. I want it to be more than just the happy cats and kittens. I want it to be about the hobby as a whole. And it doesn't stop when the kitten leaves you. So hopefully that's some information that will help you as a new breeder. It's really important to have a think about that and have a think about um, getting your mindset in the right place for that. Because I think it does come down to mindset. It does come down to getting uh, getting out of the, the idea that if I... You know, when people, when the cat leaves me, people are going to come back and ask me for money and they're going to sue me and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. If you treat things the right way from the beginning, that will never be a situation for you. And it's actually not a situation anyway because I don't think it's ever something that's been successful. Once, once If you're really, you know, doing things the right way when you're selling your kittens and explaining to people that things can happen and explaining that they need to have insurance, then then that's something that I don't think will ever be a problem for you. Speaking of insurance, um, in the New Cat Breeders Club, if you're a member of my New Cat Breeders Club, we have a page in the club area now that has uh, different insurance companies um, around the world that provide insurance for breeders when they sell their kittens. Um, in Australia, we have one that does a six-week one, and then we found one for other countries that does, I think it does a five-week one. So if you're a member of the club, pop over to the club area in the members-only area and you can find that information. Now, if you're not a member of the club and you would like to join, just pop over to my website at www.catbreedingforbeginners.com and you can join the club from there. It's currently open for memberships. Um, everybody's in there sharing lots of information in the club hub and then we also have the club area where we have all of the resources for you to download and watch videos and, and lots of information there for new breeders. So go and have a look, check it out, see if it's for you. And if you do join, I'd love to see you there. Okay, guys, bye. Thanks for listening to the Cat Breeding for Beginners podcast. Make sure you visit my website at catbreedingforbeginners.com for lots more information. You can sign up to my email list and stay tuned as my Cat Breeding 101 online course is coming soon.